Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Walking the Cognitive Tightrope with DRP. DRP being me, Dedlu Rafael Purificason. And uh, real excited about this opportunity. A couple of my buddies and I got together and, and decided to uh, get a message out there, get a holistic, positive, loving uh, message and a psychological perspective out there. Uh, quickly, a little bit about myself. I've worked in the field of social work formally for about 12 years, uh, and informally, it's been a lifestyle throughout my life, uh, working with folks, understanding psychological dynamics, uh, people, situations, patterns, uh, learning how to help myself and help other, others understand each other uh, in unique and, and interesting and fun ways. Uh, trying to bring innovation to the field of social work and to humanism at large. So I'm here uh, with the hopes of sharing a certain perspective that I hope you guys enjoy and appreciate. And I'm super happy to have the opportunity to uh, to have folks that actually want to hear what I've got to say. So uh, with myself, I'm going to have a dynamic team, two guys that I absolutely adore and love. Uh, my friends Matt and Brandon. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So uh, they're pretty awesome fellows, and uh, they're going to be here uh, picking my brain and sharing their perspectives as well throughout these podcasts. Uh, today's podcast, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. And uh, I was giggling the other day because my New Year's, I, th I was joking, was Martin Luther King Day because I had a, a really nasty sinus infection. <laughs> And I was off my feet like right after New Year's. So a lot of us have those little challenges. Uh, you know, the day before New Year's, we're like, all right, man, I've been saving. You know, I, I ate three pizzas. I, uh, I haven't exercised in two months. And I'm, I'm waiting to show my best on January 1st. So, you know, we're expecting to be 100% ready to go. We got all of our binging and, and purging out of our system. And, you know, we're, we're down to start the new year. Uh, and be perfect. But unfortunately, we're not perfect entities. Us human beings, you know, we make mistakes and, and that's part of life. Uh, throughout the years, we don't do everything exactly straight. So we put a lot of uh, burden on ourselves sometimes when we make New Year's resolutions. Sometimes we make resolutions and we say, I want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or I want to drop 10% body fat or... I need to get a new job that's going to get me uh, better things or I want to have different types of relationships with other people. And these are some of the topics we're going to talk about today and, and how we are able to cope with, uh, I don't even want to say the, fa the word failure because a lot of us describe it as failure, but how do we cope with opportunities for growth? Situations in which we can literally uh, take breaking our New Year's resolution and turn it into a good thing and not a game ender, which tends to happen with a lot of us, right? We tend to make a mistake and then we say, okay, I'll wait till next year. <laughs> 2015 is on the horizon right. and we want to make 2014 a great year and we want to be here uh, with you guys, for you guys and together talking about these things. So guys, what are some things off the top of you guys' heads that you see as New Year's uh, resolutions that folks typically don't succeed at? Uh, most likely, what I've seen is, 
you know, going to the gym or starting to eat right or uh, even just uh, being being positive and uh, and uh, instead of rather than being pessimistic and stuff like that. Um, it's even been uh, one that I've <laughs> what what my New Year's resolution was last year was to never make a New Year's resolution ever again. <laughs> that was right. my New Year's resolution, <laughs> and uh, seriously, but I um, I had to say that I I broke that resolution this year because my resolution this year is don't screw up. Right. I want to say the F word, but people actually, you know, they they. They make resolutions, you know, and, and with the thought that it'll possibly fail. Because hmm. it's just, and it's, when you think about a New Year's resolution, you think of it as a new start, but it's also an habitual pattern that you do every single year. And right. what happened last year? Obviously, you had the same resolution, didn't possibly happen, hmm. and then you're doing it again. Right. You know, and sometimes, you, you know, instead of thinking about ones that are going to fail, you think of uh, like weight loss. Weight loss is a very popular one. Think of uh, getting out of debt, hmm. you know, and instead of making just one, um, instead of being a new year, you know, making a new resolution doesn't have to just be a new year because, um, like, even if you, because we're already, like, almost through with January, you know, uh, myself personally, I haven't been, I've fallen off, you know, the New Year's resolution card already that I made this year, Right. you know, that doesn't mean that my rest of the year screwed up, each second's a new second. Mm-hmm. So therefore, make a new resolution instantly. You know, you guys both bring up great points, and I, I think it's like sometimes they might pe- folks might as well say, "My New Year's resolution is to be Superman or Wonder Woman," mm-hmm. because you're asking yourself to be something that you've never been before, typically speaking, and it's so hard to put that burden on yourself emotionally, physically, psychologically. Let's just take one example, hypothetically speaking. Let's say that your New Year's resolution, folks out there, is to not eat fast food for an entire year. Okay? And let's just say, for example, you ate fast food in the year 2013 twice a week. So in that year, you were at a fast food joint over a 100 times. So now you're saying, I'm going to go from 2013, 100 plus times at a fast food joint to zero times in 2014. Your body has been habitually conditioned by your behavioral patterns and your choices for that matter and your level of enjoyment from your choices. Because typically we'll make a choice to go to a fast food joint after a game or after you know, something that was work. exciting happened, work, we're tired, we're too, you know, we don't, we don't feel like cooking, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we make these choices, and then we say, okay, well, it's going to all change right now, and we're setting ourselves up for failure. Now, I don't want to speak generally for everybody, because there are some stories out there, right, where people make a decision, they stick to it, and they do an amazing job of transforming but reality is reality, and most people deal with that habitual pattern. And they, how do you cope with the fact that on January 18th, you are starving for like some zucchini sticks or for some McDonald's or, or for like a milkshake or whatever, right? And psychologically, how are you treating yourself? So how are you having this conversation with yourself about your journey and trying to 
uh, and hypothetically speaking, quit eating fast food. And a lot of us, we tend to punish ourselves when we have New Year's resolutions. You know, our New Year's resolution, sometimes our resolution is to be happy and to enjoy life and to go on hikes and, and to have best, you know, create new friendships and have stronger bonds with people. And yet we suffer because we're so set on the goal that we forget the journey, that we forget that. And this is why I talked about earlier is instead of looking at missteps in our resolutions as failures and then we quit, is to look at it as an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for reflection, a chance to reevaluate how we're going about accomplishing our goals. Because there's a way of accomplishing that you see you can accomplish things two different ways okay you can accomplish something and not get anything from that so you have the goal which is let's say my goal is to go a week without uh eating uh or drinking a, a soda or a cigarette or having a cigarette right mm -hmm. and you suffer that whole week because you're constantly thinking about not having a cigarette right Whereas maybe someone who says, I don't want to have, a, uh, I want to have one cigarette during the whole week. So they have that carrot in front of them in three and a half days, I'm going to smoke that cigarette. And then in three and a half days, I'm going to smoke another one. And that person has a carrot rather than they're whipping themselves. You know, they're saying, oh, I got to do this, but I'm suffering. I'm suffering by the end of the week. You know, you've beaten yourself up. Whereas it's more important to have that carrot and say, hey, in three and a half days, I'm going to have that smoke. It gets you through those, those days. Yeah. And that, that, let's say that person smoked 10 cigarettes a day. So now, you know, the, did they still smoke a cigarette? Yes. But did they reduce their amount of cigarette smoke significantly? They did. So they should pat themselves on the back. And as a society, I don't think we do enough of that. So we typically look for it on the outside and people look at us and say, wow, you lost a lot of weight or you're looking great or your your attitude's amazing mm -hmm. and then we take benefit from what others are showing mm -hmm. us rather than how we're treating ourselves what do you guys think about that if you were to look at it as something that's something that you know okay well i'm just going to you know try this out or you know um and you don't have a lot of you know faith into into it put into it um, or you're not taking it as seriously, then you you are gonna ultimately let yourself down. But if you if you uh, if you you know I guess jumping with both feet uh, and um, actually make it apparent to have a lifestyle change like and make it a choice to have a lifestyle change rather than changing. Um, something uh that's habitual um then i think it i think it would probably work a lot much better for you rather than you know paying attention to what everyone else is doing out there um just keep it keep it amongst yourself you know it is healthy to tell people and have people keep you accountable Mm -hmm. But there, there are also people that will kind of throw you under the bus too. That's a really and, good. And uh, you know, and uh, <coughs> but also at the same time, <clears throat> it's uh, it's it's really good to have some 
someone, a friend or a family member uh, or coworker or whoever that, that has a similar like, who wants to make a similar lifestyle change, that way you guys can motivate each other. Yeah. Um, when, uh, just like how I, how I was when I would, when I was working out and I was going to the gym a lot, um, I don't strength train anymore, but, uh, when I was going to the gym with my buddy, whenever one of us, you know, you have those days where you're feeling on, like, you know, you're on it today Mm -hmm. and one day you're just, you're not on it. You're just, you know, you're, you're not, you're kind of, I guess people call it an off day. I'm having an off day and it happens and uh some people have days like those so it's kind of it was it was kind of beneficial to have a partner me and my buddy whenever he would have an off day or he wasn't feeling like motivated to go to the gym I'd call him up and say come on let's go dude I'll pump him up and get him to come and vice versa he'd do it to me too and or say if like we're kind of taking it easy at the gym we'd be like you know just us guys, you know, come on, you, you want to be a wimp today? Come on, you know, <laughs> you know help each other up, motivate each other. Yeah, like and that. you see there's this problems uh, with that, and I'm speaking here from personal experiences. When you have somebody, like a gym buddy, um, that you want to go to the gym with, things like that, um, say, for example, that person calls you and cancels. Now what? Now, now you've, you've well, s- some people have put that responsibility on the other person. So now, when that person is not feeling good, they're not going to go. Now that person's not going to go. Now you're not going to go, and that's a dangerous thing to where when when somebody ha- needs to have like a a, a gym partner a or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they need to. They can't put their their support all on one person because even then that person may even crumble from the weight of all that. You know. I, I, mean? I, I want to hit on what both of you guys talked about. Uh, Brandon, you made some interesting points about um, basically how people can also scorecard and compare themselves to others, and then also how we tend to look for others for that support, and that can be dangerous. First, I wanted to talk about the scorecarding, and and from a psychological perspective, that's so true. A lot of us, you know, we're not perfect entities when we're trying to accomplish a goal. So we're trying to get better. So right then and there, we should understand that we're not at we're not at the highest level of achievement yet, and and sometimes we may not ever get there. And how we need to cope with the fact that even if you were to your goal is to run uh, a seven minute mile, there's people out there that run six minute miles, and if even if your goal is to lose twenty pounds and look good, there's going to be people that lose twenty five pounds and they look a little bit better in front of a camera than you do. It's not about what everyone else is always doing. It's about what you're doing. And, and taking solace in the fact that you are happy and healthy and, and feeling good about yourself. And that's very important. That was a, a huge point, Brandon. And then the second point that I wanted to talk about was community safety. You know, whenever you make a choice to make a lifestyle change and you choose to incorporate other people into your goals whether it's a support group or family or friends, coworkers, all of those things. It's very important to be wise about who you choose to let into your inner circle and who you choose to allow to understand certain information. Brandon also talked about a point where sometimes you don't have to tell everybody everything. You know, maybe you don't want to gloat too much about what what you're doing. You know, you want to be careful of who you share certain information with because some people take things in different ways. Some people might take the fact that you're happy that you lost 15 pounds or that you 
saved up $10,000 this year as cockiness. And that may not may or may not be true, but the reality of the situation is you have to understand your personnel. You have to understand who can I trust? Who can I share this information with? And community safety is super, super important when choosing to uh, make goals, especially when you have goals together. The point that Matt made that was interesting, he used the example of uh, exercise, was uh, sometimes people are going to flake out. Uh, you might have a goal to go and walk five miles a day with one of your best friends. And three weeks into your journey, that person has a few things that uh, get in the way, whether it's just life schedule, the kids, uh, boyfriends, husbands, you know, work, whatever. Um, that person decides that they can't do that goal anymore. And how do you cope with that? And how do you continue to persevere and, uh, and, and do the things that you know you need to do. And I think to do those things, you have to look within yourself. You know, uh, the, it's so important that a person lives from the inside out and has a level of comfort with who they are where they can tackle things on their own. Because in the end, you can't blame everybody else around you or you can't look at other existential circumstances and say, oh, I don't accomplish this because of that, or uh, I messed up and I didn't get a workout in today, so I'm going to drop the whole exercise program. Excuses need to be eradicated, and you have to live in a world where the excuse is not in your vocabulary. It doesn't exist in the, your lexicon. Self-accountability is paramount, and it's so important, and it can be a fun thing, you know, there's many ways you can do that. Writing uh, lists and leaving yourself notes, um, having, um, you know, writing things down is huge. Drawing things that remind you of success. Uh, people talk about dream boards, having a dream board up in your bathroom or in your room. Um, sometimes telling people what you're doing so that way you can create a sense of accountability or having an accountability partner that holds you to your uh, resolutions can help. But the main thing is to do it, it's not about the resolution, it's about where is the resolution coming from. And I think that people have to ask themselves, am I trying to make a change in a healthy way, or am I trying to make a change in spite of myself or in spite of the world yeah. around me? And when you're trying to change in spite of yourself because you don't like yourself or because you don't like what's going on around you, usually those changes don't end up in the most healthiest ways. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Some people just make a change in their eating habits or whatever just to uh, get approval from other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. People people do definitely go, go after things uh, for the wrong reasons for, uh, you know, social status and things like that mm -hmm. versus uh, really thinking you know, about exactly what they want, right? you know, and why they want it. Hmm. You know, was it, why do you want something? Do you want something because somebody told you that that's what you want? Or, you know, that that's what you need? Or is, do you want something ultimately because it's going to benefit you and the other people that are around you? <laughs> and um, because it's something that you, gen you genuinely want. So, um yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it'd be very important to think about what you want, why you want it, 
and instead of looking uh, for praise from other people because, you know, seriously, deep down, um, nobody really cares. Right. Right. Nobody really cares. You can get a Ferrari. You you can get a Ferrari today if you had the money. Say you won the lottery. People would be like, oh, cool, wow. Five minutes later, they're not going to give a shit. I'll probably end up talking crap about you. (laughs) Excuse my language, but... (laughs) You know, don't do things for other people. Do mm. it for yourself because, you know, um, because uh, ultimately you are you are your best friend, and you have to become best friends with yourself. Mm. And you know, stuff like that is. I can go on about it, but yeah, that's just the just the, what I have to say about that. Very true, Brandon, and thank you, Matt, for your for your words as well. I wanted to close uh, today's episode by talking about the concept of walking the cognitive tightrope since this is our first episode and how it correlates to the New Year's resolution topic that we discussed today. And basically, the concept of walking the cognitive tightrope was something I developed over years of practice with clients and, and particularly couples and relationships. And what it is is about finding a psychological balance, not only with yourself your inner self, but also with the world around you, your partner, your coworkers, your work itself, your exercise regimen, <laughs> animals, traffic, on and on and on. Really understanding the world around you and finding an inner balance. And that's one of the things that we're going to um, arrive to in listening to this podcast together uh, and, and, and learning together is we're going to understand the it's not about striving for things. It's about having arrived and understanding the world around you. The topic of New Year's resolutions can be a touchy one, <laughs> but it can also be very motivating. Um, I, I really encourage all of you to stay with your, with your resolutions and to continue to, to work towards them, even if you quit a week ago. Get back on it. Start it today again and keep trying. And remember that failure is not failure, it's an opportunity for growth. And in that, what I mean is that when you make a mistake, analyze that mistake, understand what went into making that mistake, and really relish the fact that you had just had a learning experience that is going to make you better in the future. Okay, Don't use that to harm yourself. Don't allow it to be some toxicity or some weight that drags you down. Allow that to be the fuel that fires you to do good things in your life. Definitely think of, of something difficult and say this to yourself. It's not difficult, it's different. Right, right. Great point, man. Yeah. It also reminds me of uh, an interview with Thomas Edison. They said, wow, you failed 10,000 times at creating a light bulb. And he said, and he answered, and he said, no, I was successful how to not create a light bulb 10,000 <laughs> great know. way of that's a beautiful way of explaining it so guys you know hold on to your dreams uh, keep working at what you're doing and take we'd it lo- one day at a time yeah we'd love to hear from you the, this podcast is in its beginning stages so we're going to be creating uh, an email and we're going to take a uh, listener questions and we're going to have probably at some point some sort of social media account so we just wanted to say thank you uh, for listening and uh, until next time we'll see you see you guys goodbye